Hi guys, before we get started with this week's episode, we just have a little bit of news for you. Oh yes. We do. The news is that we now have a dedicated section on the official Manchester United app just for our podcast. Mazad Garnet, loving it? Yes, loving it. We know what you're thinking. Why should I move my favourite podcast app all the way over to a new app? Well, two reasons. Reason one is that you will get the podcast a whole 24 hours earlier. I think that's a really good reason. That's 24 hours earlier than everywhere else. And you can be first in line to hear every new episode. Yeah, and reason number two is it allows us to bring you so much more than just the episode. So if we talk about goals, you'll be able to see the goals within the app. And you'll also see associated articles and something a lot of people have requested. You'll be able to watch more episodes of the podcast all in one one place which to me seems sensational Mm -hmm. but if you're not convinced and want to stay where you are that's fine too we'll still bring you our pods right here every week as usual right here right now but also if you're on the app you won't have to sit through us telling you all this every time that's good isn't it yeah because this is going to get repeated if you're listening on something else but not on the app Uh, anyway that's it the official Manchester United app now has a podcast section loads going on in there check it out now on with this episode download the app and it's been bundled home He has scored in his first competitive match for Manchester United. Manchester United breaking here, it's Hernandez. Hernandez, he's scored again! Giggs, great ball in! United score! It's Chicharito! Through for Hernandez! 3-2 Manchester United! The little P does it again! Hello and welcome to another episode of the Manchester United podcast. Thank you very much for joining us for another one. I'm Helen Evans. And you're very polite too. Am I? What a lovely welcome that was for everybody <laughs> listening, I imagine. That's true, thank you. Are you going to introduce the rest of us? No, you're going to do that. All right. I'm Maisie and he's Sam. Thanks. <laughs> there we go. We're Tom. So yeah, we yeah, did have enough. Sam Tom. as a Simon, yeah. obviously. Uh, yeah. So you, you were called Simon for a long time. Mm-hmm. And then someone has referred to you in an email as Tom. Yeah, they Because he couldn't remember your name. Yeah, dear Helen... David and Tom. And at the end they wrote, I couldn't remember Tom's name, so I just wrote Tom. I'm sure Tom won't mind. <laughs> like they just kept using the name Tom. <laughs> Absolutely cracked me up. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, how is everyone today? Yeah, very good. Thank you. How are you? Good. All good. All good. good. Any golf today, Maisie? Yes, played golf today. How did it go? I was absolutely dreadful. Oh. Probably one of the worst games I've played. Why is that? Why some days are you really good at golf and some I know. days? Not I you know. personally. I just mean- No, it's just, just the way it is. Yeah. Maybe there was rain today. Dodgy clubs? Uh, Maybe there was a hole in one. No, there was no hole in ones. <laughs> Ellen laughed. I'll take it. <laughs> thought that was quite funny. Javier Hernandez is who we've got on the podcast today on Zoom again. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's currently living in LA. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nice lifestyle. Um, tell us what your thoughts on I loved Chicharito him. Were, I absolutely Sam. loved him. Um, I was one of those, I was in the group of fans who was one, really upset that he left. And two, like I always felt like I, I wanted him to play more. Mm-hmm. He was one of those players who was like, everyone loved him as a as a super sub. But I always felt like, I don't know who you take out the team. I can't, you know, just not. You just wanted him Yeah, to I just play. wanted him on the pitch because yeah. I, I found him so exciting. And also he was such an unbelievable specialist. And um, I, I don't know, he had a real passion, I think, for the club. And it'll be great to listen to him and see, you know, if that comes across or not now. But I loved him. And I always you remember his first goal where he kicked the ball into his own face. Like he was sort of falling over, had a tap Whatever in. Whatever way it goes over the line. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I, was, I loved him. I thought it was great. What Maybe about you? Impact player, massive impact player. Just the amount of goals he scored. I always think of the, the one goal against Stoke down down there. Oh, the backwards header. The backwards header. Yeah. 
Do you think, Maisie, you, you can tell me if I'm wrong here, do you think that Probably. maybe he's unlucky in the era in which he played? Because he basically made it at sort of the top level of European football at the point that sort of two striker systems stopped being played and what people looked for in like a main centre forward as a, as a number nine is someone with a much broader game than like being a fox in the box. Nobody really wanted them. I, I think at times, Sam, I think it's difficult for forwards to come in, particularly the way the game's evolved over the years. He was an out-and-out striker and maybe that was a little bit detrimental to the way he played. You know, He, he was never really a player that came dropping off short and getting involved. He was just a... A box to box, well, not box to box, a fox in the box player, as you opposite, say. Opposite, opposite to, to the box in the box, box. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Always had a smile on his face as well. I yeah. think that's why the fans yes. really took to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, so a, and, and do you know what? a very, United very, show. very good footballer. Very good footballer. So, uh, should we get him on? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Let's dial up LA Galaxy. Uh, before you hear Javier Hernandez, we should let you know that the first two questions, his audio is a bit dodgy, but it works itself out, so stick with it and it'll be great. Here he is. Javier Hernandez, Chicharito, welcome to the United Podcast. Thank you very much for having me. Well, thank you so much for coming. And of course, uh, accommodating us because you're in Los Angeles and we're in the UK. Yeah. Uh, first question should be, what should we call you throughout this? Because when you were at United, of course, we called you uh, Chicharito, or sometimes people called you Chicha, or or like, Javier, or, like or like or like the old boys call me Chico, no? <laughs> Chico. <laughs> no, Chicha is Chico fine. Time. I mean, Chicha or yeah. Chicha, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Okay. That's good. Perfect. Uh, how are you now? What's happening with you? Because it's been an absolutely crazy year or so for all yeah. of us. I mean, I'm 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 very good actually. I mean, after last year, apart of like like everyone. Like all our all us around the world, we suffered the, the the COVID stuff, obviously, and and the quarantine. And I mean, we still like I think uh, also we are a little bit more open comparing like you guys and Europe. You know, you're starting a little bit uh, slowly comparing to us. But yeah, I mean, right now I'm I'm great. I'm happy. I'm 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 very uh, grateful from the place that I am in because last year was a very complicated for me personal as well, suffering a very deep depression. I lost the uh, my granddad too, and then situations in my personal life that I need to to, to handle. So yeah, I was in a in a very uh, yeah low uh, place if I can call it like that. And then yeah, I just get out of the of the victim zone, took responsibility of myself, my life, took some decisions, and I just wanted to to live the present, enjoy life, and do what I love most, that is playing soccer. And a part of that, I just want to, to give it all. You know, I start investing a lot in myself, uh, time-wise, uh, as well, uh, working with a lot of, of people around me, you know, in, in my food, in my fitness, physio, emotionally, uh, marketing-wise, uh, even stylist a little bit. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play a little bit with that role, too, to have fun. So, I mean, I'm just, I just want to be... No, not to be. I just want to be truth to myself and live the life that I want and I deserve, regardless of the society that sometimes tells us what we should do and what we shouldn't do. So, yeah, I'm good. I'm happy. <laughs> good. We're glad you're happy. A very few athletes talk about their, their well-being and certainly mm. their mental health, mm. um, and you're very open about that, and that is something we certainly want to talk to you. Wonderful. Um, I'm happy to talk we'll about that. we start with the fact that you say you're happy. Yeah. Um, so you're enjoying life at LA Galaxy? Yeah, a lot. I mean, I think I think it was a very good. Uh, I don't know how to say it, but like 
a very good step that we all did in this organization as well, because I think it was a coincidence because, of course, when I want to take responsibility, as well, starting from the owners, uh, from everyone here working on, not only uh, the, the, the people who are in front of cameras, like, like it's us, like players or the coaching staff and stuff like that, we all in this organization t took responsibility that, of course, if it is, if this is the, the, the biggest uh, organization in MLS history, you know, and, and the most achieved one. So we need to, to act like that. We need to have responsibility. We need to look like like, like organization like that. So in every part, in every sense, we are doing the best as we can to, to, to show that, you know, that we, that we are very grateful for this opportunity to be uh, here. And a part of what you say about me very, be very open, that's something that I want to to share because something of that, that I realized, and that's why I even did the Jingjiang tattoo uh, like a few months ago, it was like sometimes uh, we think like the answers or the superficial success or things to achieve, if you achieve money, if you achieve fame, if you achieve uh, uh, championships, if you achieve whatever in this in the outside from here, you think that you're going to find the answers over there and all the answers are here, you know, that we are completely perfect because we are imperfect, that we need to live with our light, we need to live with our shadow, we need to accept the things that, that of course, we don't have. It's like, for example, I was born and raised in Mexico City. I couldn't choose where to to, to, to spit out, no, in this world. So, I mean, I grew up, with whatever I grew up, I took the best... Uh, experience that, that I that I took and I try to do the best as, as we can but right now I think we're very lucky in this technology era if we can call it like the the young people and us as well there, there, there's no age for about the uh, about this but something that I think about is imagine myself being 2021 20, when I left to Manchester United and I could have the tools about knowing about meditation knowing about my feelings knowing about uh, the person who I was you know when I was 2021 20, because I completely uh, a quit of the life that I was having in Mexico. I just went to chase that dream, you know, like I went all in, like I'm right already now. But no one teach me, not even in my family, even though the, we always being a very grounded family, you know, my family, and we are very, very grateful, very humble, very um, fit on earth. But a part of that, no one teaches me like how I need to, to, to love myself, right? So in this era, it's very, very good. And I'm very grateful about that, that I can utilize, but as well, young kids and young people around the world can utilize those, those tools, right? Like, I don't know, people that they are doing uh, the best as they can, helping people how to go into introspective work and then just be yourself, love yourself. And from there, obviously you can chase your dreams, but, but not from an emptiness, you know, of like prove something because you have more value because you get money or you get fame or you get recognition mm -hmm. that that's going to bring you more value as a human. No, we all have the same value. We are human beings. We all different tastes. We have different uh, ways of seeing life. We have different uh, religion, different stuff, but we are all equal. We all have the same value. So no one should be feeling better than me and I, I shouldn't be feeling less or more than anyone. So that's that's something that I like to speak about it because that's something that it was a breakthrough for me when I completely start loving myself and start living the life that I want to live. It was completely great, but always connected from love and not from emptiness. Chicho, let's go back to um, where you were born, Guadalajara, Mexico. Yeah. What was that like growing up as a kid in, in it was, uh, Guadalajara? It was amazing. I've been very grateful. Thankfully, uh, I mean, something that we can all agree, uh, whatever in which place of the world and which uh, era and stuff is when you surround yourself of people that they can like 
like keep you uh, keep your feet in the ground but a part of that they can they can push you in a way to get up uh, to be a better uh, version of yourself right so i was very mm-hmm. lucky that i that i came to a, f- a family uh, that it's, it's it was incredible uh, humble in that way because they never they never told me to feel more or feel less than anyone you know be very respectful be very educated uh, they teach me the value of, of, of a part of life and a part of, of the value yeah. of treating with respect, with love and et cetera, as well, because my, my, my granddad and my dad, they were a very, very well-known family in, in, in soccer, in football, right? So that helped me a lot uh, because I have so many advantages to, to learn of things that other people cannot learn unless you leave that, right? Because for me, I was already seeing things about fame, about how my granddad and my dad behave in a way in their careers, how they handle uh, press, how they handle a lot of stuff. So th- those kind of things helped me a lot to grow up and to have like a like a very uh, balanced and very well-centered path, you know, to, to chase my dreams. That it was like a, like I always said it, I mean, since I was in the valley of my, of my mom, I, I was already being in stadiums. I already, I think I hear the crowd, seeing my, my, my dad playing and stuff like that. So I already grew up speaking, smelling, eating about football, you know, my whole life. So in Guadalajara was, was amazing. They take, they, they take good care about me. I was as well very, very uh, clever in a way that I, that I was open to listen. You know, I always was like this kind of kid that a little bit can eat his ego in a way and just uh, listen the message, you know, don't stay with, with some words, like listen completely the message of sometimes my family tell me like, be patient, keep working. Sometimes they, they never like, they never what, force what was, me what, to do anything. What was it like as a kid growing up? Like six, seven, eight, nine, ten? It was difficult, man. Do you, do you have brothers and sisters? I, ha- I have my sister, yeah, my just one sister. She's two years and a half younger than me. And it was complicated in a way because since since I was like, since I remember as well when you measure those ages, I already took the decision of being very like, truth to myself in a way, you know, and chase my dreams of playing soccer in a way. So whatever it was in my mind, I wasn't a very good student, not because, I mean, I think I'm clever, but not because I couldn't be in a room eight hours just staying still. I was always very active, as you can see in the way that I play. I'm always moving, you know, I'm moving. I'm a very uh, active kind of guy. So it was quite difficult as well because, yeah, I mean, getting, doing things out of the normal of society is very complicated. You know, sometimes it's very isolated too. I didn't have very close friends because I honestly, I prefer to go and sleep early because then I wake up, I need to go to school and later on I was going to class, to soccer classes, for example, soccer schools. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't have the normal like going out with my kid, with my friends, sorry, in that moment. It was just completely, and then after the school, the soccer lesson, sorry, or the football lesson, sorry about the soccer because we are here in USA and you need to speak about yeah. soccer, you know, because for me it's always football. So after, when I finish that, I, I need to go back home to do my homework and then I didn't have time that much time to go out and play with my friends you know and then the few moments that I could it was going out to play with my friends and can still playing football you know so my friends was if yeah my the friends that I choose and they chose me was like if you know how to play football you're my friend if not it's like I don't have another time to do so since I was a very (laughs) young age yeah it was kind of difficult but it was it was awesome because of course, everything paid off and my family, that's why I was, I was very grateful. My family always talked to me in a very good way because they never like 
They prohibit nothing or they never force me to do nothing. They always mm -hmm. question me if I was already like, if I, if I was conscious and I was like completely honest that I want to do that because they were completely supportive in any decision that my sister or myself will take, even if it was around sports, not sports, arts or whatever, you know? So I, I was, I mean, I'm very grateful about, about the, the, the young age that I had, but yeah, it was complicated, of course. When was the time when you moved from education to football for full time? What age was that? Uh, if I'm not mistaken, it was like around, mm, around 15, 16 years old. When you, when I graduated from high school completely, because normally in my high school time, if I can call it like that, I was already full on because then I was like, uh, before it was just the, the before moment to go professional in a way, like a fifth division or fourth division that is in that time yeah. it was called in Mexico. But yeah, I was already full on, but then I, I need to decide if I want to keep my studies in the morning because it's a very, it's, it was a, like a better, uh, education level if I can call it when you study in the in the in the mornings normally or I want to just go and study in the afternoons or nights so I can go professional and start training in the morning so that was the moment when I was and my, and my family told me like and, and, it's, and it's not a pressure and it's not and it's not like you're free to do whatever and you're free to stop but these are the decisions at the moments that you need to be very very sure because of course there's way back and you can quit and you could do whatever but you've been doing like you've been very consistent of paying so big prices to maintain your mindset of become a football, a professional football and all the hard work, all the grinding. So are you sure you want to keep doing it? Because it's going to get even complicated. It's going to be more complicated. You need to grow. And now things are going to get more complicated. No, And, and, and of course, speaking those words out of the mouth of my dad, that he uh, walked that path and as well, my grandfather, you know, so, yeah, I decided to say, and I told them, yeah, I'm completely sure. I, I want, I see, I, I don't see myself other than playing in stadiums like you, dad, or like you, yeah. granddad. So, yeah, let's say it was like, sorry, the words, but it was like, F it, all in. I'm all yeah. into this, and there's no way back. And life is going to tell me when, probably, if I need to retire or I need to quit, or I need to choose another profession or whatever, life is going to give me, but let's do it. So yeah, like I was just going to ask you, and I'm very sorry you mentioned earlier about losing your granddad. Oh, thank I'm very, you very, much. very sorry to thank hear you. that. But um, you mentioned him and your dad there, and I, I suppose they were both your sporting idols growing up. Yeah. But did you have any other players that you looked up to, maybe in the Premier League or other leagues as a child? No, of course. I mean. Uh, well, apart them, like, like like you mentioned them, my idol uh, in my whole youth it was uh, Ronaldo, the phenomenon. You know, he was like, for me, was like, a, well, yes. I don't know, it was it was it was a player who catch more my attention and make me fall in love in in football much like even more. You know, like all his career and the and the way that he played, I was so unique. Like I mean different players. It was amazing. And then when I was watching Premier League, of course, when the the times of, of Thierry Henry in that moment and even the number that I have that it was kind of like a way of as well. The number fourteen was the best for him. Then I watch Alan Shearer, and then I watch Manchester United with 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 Dwight York and Andrew Cole. Then Ruth Van Nistelrooy, and then I can keep telling you, you know, about generations or by mm -hmm. years that I was watching uh, the Premier League, and as well because it, I was very lucky as well that in the moments that I was watching Premier League, Premier League was as well like growing up fast. You know, it was like getting in that place of being the the, the most competitive league around the world, and it was like every single time growing, getting into Champions League finals, winning Champions Leagues, and stuff like that. 
Then, of course, when something more recent that I play against him, I was very lucky. Another striker that I was like uh, obsessed was like like Didier Drogba too. You know him, and then and then then Andriy Shevchenko when he moved to to Chelsea was great as well because I could see him in the Premier League. You know after he was in in Milan and mm -hmm. stuff like that. So yeah. So many strikers that I've been following in, in, in the Premier League times and in, in all the European competitions. But yeah, basically, I think I will say like my parent and my, 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 my granddad, and then after that, Ronaldo, the phenomenon. We'll change that. We'll make a little edit in that bit where you say about the number 14 in Thierry yeah. Henry. We'll change it to Alan Smith. Of course, yes, for sure. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. <laughs> Definitely. Um, <laughs> what kind of um, football sort of enthusiast were you when you were younger before you quite made it professional were you the kind of player who set yourself huge targets for the season like did you dream of being Mexico's yeah. top goal scorer did you think about your games at night or did you just sort of because some no. forwards don't worry about the statistics yeah, and the numbers I get so it. much no I was I was yeah I was completely like obsessed in a in a very good and balanced and healthy way of dreaming like no one teach me and no one tell me literally about dreaming. It was always, always already in my head. Like, I don't know, my, it was just already in my soul. If I can see it and I can imagine it, I can achieve it in a way. So it was like, I never limit myself, you know? So always when I was watching those European nights in Champions League, all those Premier League mornings that I saw, World Cups or whatever, I was like, like why not? Like, why not? It's like, like, like it's it's inside myself, so no one controls this rather than me. You know, it was like my 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 mindset in that way. So let me dream, and yes, even even dreaming, sleeping, but as well when I was awake, I was every single time thinking about it and thinking about it. I have this certainty inside myself, like yeah, I'm doing like everything that I have in my power to achieve this. And then as well, something that I'm very grateful a part of that, a part of whatever I told you about the story of my family, my granddad, my mom, my dad. And all the people around me, they were the most <laughs> critical and hard judges that I ever had. And they did a fantastic job in that way because I didn't have, and I never, since now, since then, until then, sorry, I never received uh, just uh, compliments because I'm their son and because of love. Like, no, no, no. Like, they are very clear. Like, if you mess it up, you mess it up. And, and if you did a great game, it's like, yeah, son, you did a great game, but you could even do better. And, and they push me in that way amazingly, you know? So, yeah, I, I'm always being a very a big dreamer. And then my family helped me to... to to have that consistency in a way, because of course we're very young and we don't know sometimes, like sometimes your energy, your adrenaline and those stuff, you want to like eat the wall in one, in one bite, you know? So they helped me so, so many times to just pace myself in a way. Have you, have you always been a centre forward? Because no. I'm sure you started, you started as a fullback, was it? Yes, exactly. I started yeah. as a fullback, yes, because in that moment when I start like, yeah, playing, a little more serious than just playing for the for the fun of the game. Uh, mm -hmm. My dad in that moment was the right back because my dad, his whole career was a winger. And then he started with age, started going a little bit backwards in position. So he was like, yeah, right wing. Then then he went to like right wing back, ring back, uh, wing back, sorry. And then right midfielder. Yeah. And then he ends his career being a right back. So I want to be like my dad. So I asked like, yeah, put me like a right back. But I wasn't that great defending, you know? I was as a kid, I was like always like attacking, attacking and offensive and stuff like that. So they moved me to right wing. And that was like my whole youth career was a right wing, right wing, right wing. And then even, even when they caught me in the, 
in the list of the uh, World Cup champions under 17, the first time in, 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 in my country, I was more like, like a right wing. And then exactly when they called me there, that was a very big coincidence because in that moment, there was, there was a Dutch guy, uh, Hans Westerhoff, being like the sport director of, of Chivas, my hometown. So he wanted to implement this kind of 3-4-3, three, three, uh, like, like Holland, a European way of Dutch mm -hmm. way to play. So I was, it was perfect because I was a wing. So the, he left because he was the, the, he decided to be the first manager for Chivas. And then they tried to, to bring a new, like a sport director of, of the youth academy and stuff like that. So they bring a Mexican that his idea, he changed it completely. He was to start playing like a, like a line, like a five in the back, three midfielders and two strikers. So the wingers had a very big decision. Or you go to play as a striker or you go and play like a right, like a wing backs, right? So for me, it was like wing back, my God, apart that I, honestly, apart that I need to run so much more, I need to go back and defend and I need to go there and it's going to be more complicated. So I just took the decision to, well, let me try to be the second forward, you know, because I never was like a proper target, yeah, yeah. A typical striker, even though that now I'm like kind of that player, you know, I evolved yeah. into that position. But yeah, so then I started playing as a second forward, more of like the, the guy who was moving more, carrying out to the wings, like more of assisting and stuff like that. And we play with like one more target player in that moment. And in that moment, that's when I start my career of as a striker, a striker, a striker. And then, yeah, I just evolved to until now. It's fascinating. You say that you you weren't necessarily a number nine and you mm. have, and everyone thinks of you as that proper goal scorer and you sort of evolved into that because you seem like the ultimate epitome <laughs> yeah. of a natural born goal scorer. Yeah. And you have that knack of always being in the right place at the right time. I wouldn't have thought that's something you could evolve into. You must have always had that. I, I always have the moment to be in the right spot because even when I was playing as a winger and I, and I had more assist, look, look, how was it? <laughs> and I don't want to, to just pick flowers about myself, but it was like, I, I had more assists than goals in that period of time. Apart that I was good assisting, it was more because I was missing all the chances that I had. But I, but I was there, you know, I was there. So I had the chances, even when I was a winger. I knew when to get into the box and the cross was coming or a cutback. Or I was even sometimes, because I remember sometimes thinking, oh, this defender is going to flick it, thinking that no one is behind. Mm -hmm. So I, I'm going to do two steps back and then the ball comes to me. But that was a problem. I was... I didn't have the pace and the timing inside the box that I had already now. You know, I need to learn that. Because I've always been this, like, 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 like you saw me in my Manchester. Sometimes I was more in offside positions that I should be in the line because I should pace myself. I was already quick, but sometimes I was like, yeah, that's, that's me. I want to, like, go, go, go. And, like, I'm so energetic that I go, right? So I, I need to find that. And I find it more because when I was in my wing, I could do that more often. But when I went to the center, I realized that I have less time i need to think quicker i'm facing more times behind the goal than facing forward because when you're in the in the in the when you're in the line no one is behind you because the line is yours so you don't need to to worry about that you receive the ball and no one is is taking care of your back and then when you're in the middle everyone is there because it's the most precious part of the goal and it's the one that we we all need to protect right because it's closer to goal so yeah anyway yeah i was i was 
I was very bad in timing, and people can tell you, my older coaches and stuff, that I was missing chance by chance by chance. But of course, I can substitute that because I missed three chances per game, but I put two assists. So I, I balanced my my performances when in those times, you know? So that's why I, as well, I mean, of course, we as a players, we all think we deserve to be and we need to have this confidence of like, I'm the best in the pitch, I'm the best in my position. And when they cut me out of of, of the U uh, under 17 World Cup, he was part of, part of that because I wasn't that very mature, evolved kid in 17. And then when you saw playing uh, Carlos Vela, Giovanni Dos Santos, uh, uh, Villaluz, then uh, and other players, they look more mature in that way. So it took me a little bit more time in my process to get that, ma that maturity a little bit later in a way. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it helped me as well to, to know of like, okay, I'm not ready. I didn't stay in the victims. So it was like more of like, it hurt. It hurt a lot and it hurt my whole family. And I went to the stadium to watch the final and it was so bittersweet moment because it was like, I was crying so happy to see my friends and achieve something that I was dreaming to achieve. But then it was like, a, you're invited to a party, but you cannot eat up the cake. You know, you are like invited and you are not invited. You are 17. My father's, my, my parents were, weren't there because my dad was working as a coach in that moment. So my grand, my grandmother and my granddad come with me. So it was a wow experience of a lot of feelings, a lot of growth, a lot of like first times. It was, it was, it was, it was hard completely. But then I think it helped me because I built strength and I lived that experience that probably young kids didn't live in that moment that helped me to mm -hmm. that process to be more like sustainable and more uh, strong in a way, you know. And how many years later you were joining Manchester United? What, four or five years later? It's, yeah, it's exactly, it was four years, four to five years. Like, I, I never imagined that, oh my God, me playing in my hometown club, not the only who plays with Mexicans. It was my dream. I was scoring goals. I was getting my first call-ups with the national team. A World Cup was coming. And like, and from behind, I didn't know that Manchester United was following me. It was like, I cannot even believe it now. It's like, wow. It's like, that's why when you ask me about if I was a bad, like a, if I was always dreaming big, of course, it was like, and that's the message that I want to tell anyone, any any person around the world. And it doesn't need to be football players or athletes. It's like, man, if that happens to my life, you can you can do that in your lives. It doesn't matter if you are whatever, what any pro profession that you choose, right? Because if mm -hmm. that happens to me, so random, but as well, so special and so amazing. And then as well, in my mind, when everything happens, that we can go and speak about it. There was a certainty that yes, I was going to be a Manchester, a Manchester United player, but to be honest, when they came, I knew it was going to be so complicated because I, I knew the personality of Jorge Vergara, that he rest in peace as well, that he helped me so much, that he was a very complicated businessman, amazing businessman, but very complicated, that of course he was like this certainty that yeah, I'm going to be a Manchester United player, you know, since the, since Jim Lawler came and, and, I, and I talked to him, he was like, yeah, I'm going to be playing Old Trafford sooner or later. But then the other party Chicha, was Chicha, like, how, wow. Chicha, how did that, how did, how did you get to know that Manchester United was involved? Wow. I tell, mean, tell us about that moment when, yeah, yeah. No, whoever, I, mean, whoever, I haven't talked, yeah, I, have, I haven't talked this story because that's something as well that my family, not even myself, 
that's why I think Sir Alex Ferguson and all of them trust a lot in myself. In a, like, I think that was the cherry of the pie of, of like saying of like Sir Alex Ferguson and the whole coaching staff and everyone to agree that I was, that I, that I should deserve a chance of, of trying Manchester United because you know how he was and how that's, mm -hmm. that's cool and that culture of like, you, you need to have more, more than only football qualities to be a Manchester United player, right? We all knew that. Mm -hmm. And that's something that yeah. Solskjaer right now is trying to, to, to bring up again in a way. But I can see it as well in some players that they want to come. Not only players that play good. It's, it needs to be something. Manchester United is always being very warm and very family home based, you know, in a way. So anyway, yeah. the story is like... There was one time I was I was coming from look I was coming from an in, in a kind of injury it wasn't an injury but it was these kind of things that we all decide that we don't want to risk this player because if we risk this player even though we're, we're doing very good as a team it was the beginning of the season it was like five six games we cannot risk you because then if you risk it and then you, we, we miss yeah. you for four or five weeks that in short uh, tournaments in Mexico it's like almost the half of the tournament so we cannot risk you and then as well the other risk is well it's like yeah the, the fight to get a spot in the World Cup was there too right so there were a lot of things so anyway I get an injured and I, we were playing to Pachuca and stuff like that and I didn't know Jim Lawler was it was the first time he was going to see a match live with me so anyway after that match There was another match that I was going to play, but then I was in that one. I was in the in the in the stands. Then in this one, I was going to the bench. It was against Puebla, so in that moment, it was like double game per per week. So Wednesday we play Pachuca. Then on Saturday or Sunday we were going to play Puebla at home. So then we decide I'm going to the bench because the the national team call up was on Thursday or Friday and my name was on it. Mm -hmm. So I need to push it a little bit and I was like I'm at least I need to be on the bench because I want to go to the national team of ne next Wednesday. So my dad told me, eh, son, eh, an ex footballer Marco Garcés and I know him. Anyway. He said they contact me because there's like a very big opportunity on business for us as a family. So they want me to talk about like my my dad managed like to not put pressure on me. And I think Jim Lallor told Marco Garces to tell me that they don't want to mess up with my head in that way. You know, I was 20, 21 years old. And Jim Lallor had a lot of experience of these transfers and scouting stuff. So they told me, look, uh, they have this business. I need to go and see them to this hotel on Friday night. Saturday night was the game. And I was like, cool, dad. Like, in my mindset, I was like, I need to recover. I want to go to the national team. It was like, okay, dad, I trust in you. Like, I know you're not gonna, you're not gonna see people that is not like, like safe to, to see and I trust in you and blah, blah. Anyway, so he went and I forgot it. Man, we play against Puebla, 3-2. We won, sorry, we won 3-2 and I come in, I don't know how many minutes. Imagine 15, 20 minutes. I came in, I didn't get injured, but I wasn't 100% because I came in. This typical that you came in and you don't feel 100% because if you push, mm -hmm. it was my, my groin. It could get like, it was getting stiff. It could like rip, tear, whatever. And I was so upset because I have the national team on Wednesday and I didn't feel. So I went out and the routine after games, it was like, we always jump my whole family in a big car. And then we, we go drop my grand, granddads, my aunts, my cousins, everyone's in that family. We stay there a little bit, we chat, we have dinner. And then I go back to, we we go back, my parents and my sister to our family to sleep. And the next day I train, etc. When I, when, I, when I jump onto the car, I was crying, man. Crying of frustration of like, 
what's going to happen? I have my second call up on Wednesday. The World Cup is that I want to win a spot of there, blah, 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 stuff like that. And I see my dad driving, my mother next to me, very calm. But calm, <laughs> a calmness that honestly scares you in a way. Right? Because we always share these like emotions and stuff. And I didn't expect them to be crying, but at least like worry of like, what well, we should like have the solution to this, right? They were so calm and I was like, like, what the f honestly? And I wasn't like even <laughs> saying like, mom, like what's going on with you? Because my mom, I mean, the cry, I'm a cry, a crier guy. And I heritage that because of my mom, we cry about everything, everything, you know, everything, but that's another <laughs> talk. So anyway, we arrived to my parents and they said, Uh, okay, we need to go home because we need to go quick and stuff like that. So a little bit change of the routine and we have two cars. And I'm like, why two cars? And they told me, I remember the meeting that I have yesterday. I need to talk about that. And I was like, okay, so we need to have like a family meeting, just my parents and my sister in a way. No? So they mm -hmm. we drive around the corner to get the other car. But I didn't know that the other car was because... They, Jim Lawler want to meet me, my father again, with a translator to have the, fair, the first contact, right? So my, I'm, I'm, I'm in, the, in, the, in front of the seat crying and just thinking, imagine this like football mind of like, oh my God, thinking about what's going to happen and how I'm going to recover, what I need to do, blah, 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 blah. And then my dad gave me, oh, remember the meeting? And yes, that, and he gives me a card, right? Says Jim Lawler. But he has the badge of Manchester United, obviously. But then that, that period of, of a year in a way, and more in my Latin America culture and in Mexico, there's a lot of, yeah, agents, a lot of like projects that they utilize a batch of any top team around the world to just present you that they're involved in soccer. So I saw a lot of those ones in the past of any badges. So for me, it's like my dad gave it to me and I'm like, like, okay, what, what he wants? I, I didn't realize it was Manchester United, actually. Like, what, what he wants? Like, what's going on? <laughs> and my dad started crying. And to see my dad cry was like, wow. wow. So it was like, what's going on, dad? Then, then my God was telling me, like, no way. Inside. I didn't express it. Like, no, like, no way. Like, no way this is, like, honestly related with the badge, <laughs> right? Like, no way. Okay. So he told me, some of this is, I, the, the meeting that I have yesterday and stuff like that is about... Yeah, uh, there's a scout from Manchester United that want to speak with you because they want you and they want to, to speak about you and make sure that you want to go with them. And my straight answer is like, make sure that I want to go with them. You didn't tell them that I want to go with them. Of course I want, you know, like they don't need to ask me. You should tell him, like even patronize my, my, my father in a way with emotions, right? And he said, no, we need to speak with them. They want to speak with you and they want to feel blah, blah, blah and stuff like that. And, I, and I'm like crying and I'm like, okay, let's go. And they say, but they just want to see All, all of us, so uh, just the two of us. So your sister and your mother are going home and they're going to meet you there. So perfect, no? We go, we, are, we arrive to a place that there were offices. Sorry, that is a long story, but it's amazing, no? Then we arrive to, to, to a place that they are like, kind of like old office. And honestly, Jim Lawler make it like, almost like a movie. Like no one should know. And they know the culture of Latin America and probably deal with a lot of players. And it's, it, of course, it's easy. And it's Manchester United. It's Manchester United wanting a Mexican player the first time ever. It's, of course, it's gonna, it could create chaos and news and stuff. I understand it. So, man, I arrived. And when I saw Jim, Irish, almost two meters, so I don't know, and I'm 175. <laughs> when I saw him, I honestly feel like this 
is real, man. Like this is real. Like he's coming from them, from there. You know, then we're gonna speak. Anyway, we see Jim Lallor then in front of me, the translator, my dad, and myself. And then Jim starts speaking in English. Starts speaking, speaking a lot, and he asked me about. Uh, well, he wanted to make sure that I didn't, that I wasn't this kind of player that utilize a club to get a better deal somewhere else, right? Because imagine if I go out and I say, hey, Manchester United won me, then probably another teams can come and then uh, they start doing who who offers more yeah. money. And for me, it's like, okay, I'm looking about money only and going. So he starts speaking about the culture, about a lot of stuff. I, it was a good surprise for him. Two surprises that he got. Because first of all was, he speak and then he say, he looks at the translator and he say, okay, translate. And then I, and I, I stop the translator and I say, no, stop, let me just try I think, and I, told, and I said that in English, I think I understand, I want to try like that. So I try my English, not, not as good as now, but I try my English because in my mind with adrenaline, man, I think it makes me speak proper English because probably the sentences was terrible, but I knew the words that I need to say, right? And I just told, I don't remember the exact words, but I told Jim, look, I know the final of 208, I know the final of 1999, and I start saying names. Like, I know the class of 92, I know about gigs, I know about the school, Sir Alex Ferguson, the, the, the coaching staff, like Old Trafford, I dream about it. And I, and I even joke, like, I remember one game that I was happy Manchester United lost, sorry, that it was the Real Madrid one, because my, my idol do a hat-trick over there, and for me it was like my idol, yeah. so it scored a hat-trick. And he laughed, no? And I start speaking about that. In a, in a very bad English, and I said that. And I, I noticed the expression of Jim, of a relief in a way that I, we can trust this guy. Like, he, like this guy knows us in a way, and he knows. Mm -hmm. And I said, look, don't worry, I want to go and play with you. It doesn't matter. And I told him, but it's going to be very difficult. And he was like, I heard, like I investigate that a little bit about the owner, and I say it's very difficult. And when he says... But I, I realized that, they, like, for example, he said, I realized after the World Cup or whatever, there's a, we're going to have precision in USA. There's, you're building the new stadium, and there's a game there that probably we can offer them that we go and play in the, in our, in the first match mm -hmm. of, of that stadium in the, open, in the open day, open night. And that could help. And my eyes was like, yes, obviously that will help, right? And then he told me, man, you cannot tell no one. And, you, and I tell Jim, Jim, this family, the, the, I remember, this family you can trust, like in this family. No one is gonna speak, not even my mother, not even my dad, and not even my sister. No one is gonna speak. Then the meeting happened a little bit more, then it finished because they told me, look, there's steps, we need to do different steps, right? Then when I go out of that house, like with that meeting, apart that I cry and I couldn't believe it, I stay, my, I stay myself in that, like, I don't believe it, because that was the best way for me to don't make it like a, a thing that could unbalance my present in a way. Because mm -hmm. my present was amazing. I was scoring every a goal every match. The the fighting for a place in the World Cup was amazing. It was around the corner. Uh, I wanted to be champion of, of my club, being a starter, and then probably go to, to, to Manchester United. So when I went out, I was like, like yeah, like yeah, it was very weird. But it's like you're gonna you're gonna be a red devil, don't worry. And it, but just focusing your shit right now, right? And then the whole process was like every single step that I was forward, I was like, okay, but it's still not yet, still not yet. Even when I when I went 
to Old Trafford and watch the game. Sadly, that, that well, I'll say we, that we lost against Bayern Munich in that 2009 season uh, with the Robin Bolly against Bayern Munich, yeah. Van Gaal stuff and that game because we went there. And the day after was a presentation and we did the, 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 like the press conference in a way and we present and everything. Inside myself, it was like, the moment that I arrive in Manchester, being a Manchester United player, like that's on. Still, you need, you need to keep like, not proving, but you need to keep working, right? You need to keep working. Mm -hmm. And then the call with Sir Alex Ferguson came. Man, it was one of the most complicated calls because he's Scottish accent man and I and, I, and in that moment I wasn't very like aware of that language right man so it was so complicated to understand so you can see myself like pushing the phone to because imagine he was speaking from Manchester and I was from Guadalajara and the first time we, we spoke and imagine the connection and stuff I was like pushing and trying to like put attention like I never in my life was so focused in a phone call ever and it was great and it was amazing. And then when I arrived that, that sorry if I jump on times, and when I arrived to the presentation, he, he uh, wanted to have a dinner with myself and my family. Man, in the way that he presents himself and the way he treats you like a human, but he knows that he's Alex Ferguson, of course, and he's in charge of a culture, literally, around the world <laughs> or whatever. The way that he treated my family for me was like, yeah, I'll kill myself for this manager inside the pitch for sure. For sure. Yeah. Like, like I'll, if, if he treats my family that way, man, I'll, I'll, I'll vomit every, every game after, you know, if I need to, to, to help him to achieve any games, championships or whatever. So yeah, the story was kind of, yeah, that That's was like brilliant. that. Of course, with less or more details, but yeah, <laughs> it was amazing, man. Wow. Hard to believe, honestly. That Hard to believe. What was it like when you first went to the changing room then? Oh, You've wow. talked about meeting Sir Alex when you went to the changing room and meeting the players. It, yeah, it was it was in Houston actually when we played against the MLS All Star in that time. When I when I yeah, first meet meet the the uh, the team in the in the US store in that moment. Wow. I mean it so was a played, special it was you played, a, sorry? You played half for each team, didn't you? No, that that was one with Chivas. In this one, for example, yeah, yeah in this one, we play, I play, I come in, I score a goal, and then we travel to Mexico. And then in that one, ah, I play half-half. Okay. First half with yeah. Chivas, and I score the, I score the first goal of the, of the stadium against my, 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 my club in that moment. That was Manchester United. So it was, it yeah. was quite of like bizarre, but, but special. It was special when I, when I, when I met the, 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 the lads and the dressing room and everything, but it was more special when I arrived in Manchester and I went to Carrington dressing room for the first mm -hmm. time. And then my first time as well in Old Trafford, you know, playing friendlies or whatever uh, before, before the season. Because then after, after that, we went to Wembley. And we play the community shield too. That the goal that I yeah. scored with my face, that I assist and I score. It's just, yeah, it's, a, it's, it's the best goal ever, man. Not even Cristiano it's and amazing. Messi got a goal like that, man. I should <laughs> have credit. It's far, yeah. but I should have credit, man. Of course. A self-assisted <laughs> header. You don't see many. Yeah, and a nose goal. It was like a nose, nose mouth goal in a way. So I should, I should have more credit about it. Was, was you, was you nervous meeting the lads? Was there anybody? Yeah. Who, yeah. You, you know why? You know why? Out, yes, because. It, it was never a nervousness that I need to prove something, but honestly it was mm. nervousness because it was nervousness that it was new, man. It was like, I, I, like in a way in my brain, I played with you in PlayStation three days ago. 
in my house in Guadalajara. <laughs> and then I'm saying, hi, Berba. Hi, Berba. How are you? Hi, Patrice. How are you? Wayne, how, like, nice to meet you. Ryan Giggs, nice to meet you. Like, what? Edwin Wondersar, like, what? Realistically, it was like that. So it was, it was, yeah, the nervousness of that. But as well, in my mind, that's why I think I had a good, a good, yeah, career in Manchester United. It was because I never felt less, and I knew that they got me for a reason. So I just need to prove it, and I will prove it. You know, sure. one minute, ninety minutes, I will, I will kill, I will do whatever I need to do uh, to help this team. You know, because I'm not gonna what, lose this opportunity. What What did you find the difference between? Shivas and Manchester United training-wise. I'm going to interrupt very briefly. Yeah. Because what I've just been told is that you've run out of time. Well, we can speak a little bit more. Don't worry. They're looking at me here. Great. So if you haven't run out of time, we'll keep going because we've barely started. She knows me. I am a, I'm this kind of guy. I need just to put my limits and then I overstep them myself when I have fun. You know? I just tell them, no more than 45. And then if I have fun, it's like I'm having fun. They ask the simple questions, so I answer the simple answers, right? So, yeah. So, 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 keep so what, was the, what, was the, what was the difference in the training? What so did you dramatic. find the Shut up, guys. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Repeat the question. Sorry. <laughs> What, what, what was the difference training uh, in Mexico than it was training at, uh, at Manchester United? What was the difference in the, the quality sort of thing? Mm. What did you realise, think, wow, this is, the, this is another yeah, level? Yeah, the, the, the championship mindset, man. It, it was like how focused, how focused top players and top clubs have mm-hmm. with the process. Because imagine this, trying, trying to be accurate in my expressions and I don't want to, to be like not that accurate and people can like just not interpret it in the way that I want. It's like they are so used to, to win that they stay here and they don't like to lose. They do whatever it takes to don't lose again. So they maintain themselves here. Like it's, a, it's a, like a balance of like we keep winning, winning, winning. We want to win, but we hate to lose. So we need to come back. So always, regardless, if we win, we are here because we're winning. We, we, know how, we, we know what win means. And we know how we hate to lose because we are not this. And we are not allowed this. So it was that mindset of like, wow, emotionally and mentally as well of how we can maintain every single day working and then and then you know top teams that they don't have so many time to and especially in england with with the four uh, leagues or co- the, the three cups you have in the league yeah. you know you have one league you have two mm-hmm. domestic cups and then you have european competition so you have four yeah. four competitions that you aim to win so there there's not so much time to train in the pitch that much when they go in the in the in the crucial times so it's always just like a recovering plane recovering plane recovering plane but so how you can maintain that as a group as a team it's it was special man it was a special and as well another thing was the respect that everyone has for everyone because Giggs never felt that he was more valuable or he has more or he should have more respect than Wayne Rooney for example he was mm-hmm. like we all like if you have a match, if you are in the Manchester United dressing room, of course you have pass, you have you have authority in a way. You know dressing rooms work, but a part of that is like if you are here in the dressing room, you are the same as me, man. It doesn't matter if I win Absolutely. the Champions League last year. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It was it was incredible, yeah. incredible. How long did it take for you to pick up that attitude? Because like you said, when you first turned up, you'd been playing with some of the guys on a PlayStation. And then all of a sudden you're their teammate and they're yeah. treating you as an equal. Yeah. Does it take you long before you can treat them as equals or are you still going like... 
No, I treat them, man, because since day one, like I like, since day one, I treat them like an equal because I, that was something that my family always spoke about it, and they teach me in a way is like, hey, don't feel like don't feel more than anyone, but as well, don't feel less than any other human. So in my brain was like, if I'm honestly like they treat me, it was quick in that way, but honestly, to adapt myself completely, it took me like four or five months. And then in, co in uh, the coincidence is I start playing more in the, after those four or five games. I start playing more in my first season in more important games in a way. And I have more time because a part of the football experience that I need to adapt myself, my body, work, times, uh, how this league, uh, my teammates, knowing them, blah, blah, as well after, uh, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the dressing room, in the locker room, uh, it took me a while to like, yeah, getting that advanced, like, I say advanced uh, mindset that they have that you need to be normal. So to love the process, to be in the process, to to find or to create a process that you fall in love so you can maintain that. And then the outcomes, of course, it depends from you, but sometimes it doesn't because sometimes football is like that. You can play unbelievable and then they score a late winner or you do a mistake and you lose three points, man, in Old Trafford. And then you need to recover from that. And then you can go and play against Blackpool and be... 2-0 in the first half and then you beat them 3-2 and then you need to come back to record because next weekend or in, sorry in the middle of the week you have a Champions League game so it's like wow I need to like yeah get rid of whatever it happened good or bad because next is the most important one you know whatever it's coming you scored so many important goals for the club in your first year that must have been an absolute dream come true absolute for you dream. is there any goal in particular that stands out for you yeah. from that first season or yeah. any game no yeah definitely the one that I scored against Chelsea in the 32 seconds starting the game the 2-1 then then Vidic scored in a, I think in a set piece and then Drogba scored and we win 2-1 that was the goal because the, that goal I think that win was the one who who just took us very close to the to, to winning the league in that year so that goal was and then Yeah, 32 seconds, and I was ready, and I took my chance in front of, of Peter Cech, and it was like, yeah, I was like, yeah, I, I've been seeing these moments as a Manchester United fan, so I can be involved, and I can be part of it, you know, of being that, and I took the opportunity, I took the chance, and I scored it, you know, so it was, yeah, that goal for me, it's like, yeah, that's, that's the one. <laughs> that was the one, for sure. Can I ask you something else, just yeah. there? One week, you're playing with Rooney, Scolzy, Jigsy, <laughs> on a PlayStation. Yeah. The week later, you're actually playing with them. Yeah. When you played that game again, did you put your name in that team? Yeah, of course. On, on the PlayStation. Yeah. No, and because yeah. and because and after the the first season that I had, thankfully FIFA people put me like in a very well like rating, you know. So I was like unstoppable. <laughs> so I was playing with me too. <laughs> I was unstoppable. FIFA was like amazing that in that time, you know. So yeah, of course I put myself after my first year because even my first year, of course, I was a new one and stuff. But after my first year, I went to 82 rating, 83. So I was like, I was there with Rooney playing, and behind me. I was like, it was it was me and 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 ten more, you know. And then I'll choose the ten more. That was me. Number fourteen was even the captain in FIFA. <laughs> like, sorry, Vida. Can I ask sorry, you, Patricia, about your relationship with the fans yeah. of Manchester United? I mentioned that you scored so many important goals yeah. for the club in your first year and the other years. When did you really feel the love from the fans? Because it felt like that started more or less straight away with you. Yes, exactly. 
I think when I scored my first, when I started scoring my first goals, and I think in the way that I that I celebrate as well, and even when I was kissing uh, 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 the badge as well and all that stuff, because I always celebrate in the way that I feel, you know, even not like preparing. I'm not the kind of guy that two days in the night, I'm like thinking, which celebration you're going to have? It's like sometimes it just... I see a movie and it's like, oh, I like that, or I'll do it. Or I kiss badges if I feel it too. Or I just uh, do the knee sliding if I feel it. Like, it's just like that. So I think that connection happened as well. Another thing that I want to, 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 to say, because thinking and taking the, the bright side of it, I think people speak a lot more, and it's more like in a very positive way of my, of my period of time in Manchester United because I think I accept a role that is not easy to accept. And I think sometimes a lot of people take a lot of credit because you are the main man and you're like that. But then when you accept a role and you eat your ego and you accept that, it's, it's one of the toughest roles even in life to accept, like being, being a Robin kind of and not be Batman, you know? Scott, mm-hmm. ask, ask Scottie Pippen, for example, with Michael Jordan or another ones. It's a very difficult because I accept in my, most, most of it in my third year because my first year I, I gained that. Then the second year I had a lot of injuries and in the way that season happened, it was unlucky for me and for everyone because we, we didn't want anything. You know, it was very unlucky goal, very unlucky season that we were ahead. Then we lose so many matches. Then City went ahead. Then we catch them. Then we were in the fighting and then in the last goal of Aguero that we all know that it hurt a lot when we were mm-hmm. playing against Sunderland. So I think... I think that's why uh, under, uh, like in the middle of lines so or underlines so or very unconsciously people agree that because they, they saw that I did everything that I was in my power and I wasn't going to be this kind of an asshole to just try to find my personal gain and probably even be a bad teammate, a bad guy going to press, say things because I want to, to start more because I deserve it. Being that kind of guy that probably a lot of people tell me that I should have doing it. But then I'm saying, you know what, man, it doesn't matter because then the gain is like, look, we're speaking about here and I have a great relationship with the Manchester United family. They always love the most positive than negative what they express about myself, even if I'm a super sub or not super sub, if I start or if I don't start. Like, honestly, I didn't give a shit because sometimes the if is in my favor because we're never going to know if, if they... Would, if they start me more, I score more. But that's my positive because the if seems to say that will be more positive than negative because if I score so many goals in less time, but it analytics says that probably if we give him more time, he could have scored more time, right? So in the mm-hmm. end, it's like I took the bright side and I think I'm very grateful and I want to say that out loud that I'm very proud of how I manage it. Then the fourth year, and I had to be public as well, then the fourth year, because I spoke with Sir Alex Ferguson, and, and then the fourth year was the year that I didn't want, honestly, I think it was my time that moment. Like, I was fighting, and it was my time of like, or oh, let me go, or, or give me more chances, because I've been doing it for three years, and we won a league. So right now, it's like, of course, I'm getting 25, 26. It's like, give me more time, at least give me more time. So Moyes, in that moment, he didn't give me more time, and then Edward Woodward didn't let me go as well. So it was kind of like, but as well, look how, how it turned out in the end, because then after that year, it was very complicated. I have a very nice opportunity to go to Real Madrid as well and to learn that, that experience as well. So it was like, wow, two of the greatest teams ever, ever. And I'm yeah. lucky to be part of their, of their story. Like, again, a dream. You don't, again, you don't have a uh, brilliant season, my fourth year, uh, under David Moyes and Manchester United. But we all didn't because we, we had a very bad season and it was a transitional one. 
But then after that, the universe made everything happen so I can have the other opportunity at least, you know? So it was like, wow. So I mean, my past in Manchester United, I'm very grateful. I'm very proud of how I handle and how I manage and even my teammates and even the crowd, even the fans and even Sir Alex and stuff. Yeah, I, I was a team player. I was like, I know the value of team players. And if sometimes I was, I was able to eat my ego and say, that's what I have to do to help my teams and win two Premier Leagues and beat the Scousers, I'll do it, you know? So <laughs> that was in my mind. <laughs> Brilliant. So, yeah. Um, one thing, I know you, I'm sure you want to get going, um, but I, it just sort of occurred to me as we were talking, I don't know if you've thought about this before, I'm sure you have. At the start of this conversation, you told us that actually there was a point when you were happy and you celebrated when United lost and it was when Ronaldo... It was, was the only hero. game that I celebrated. Yeah. The only. And he scored a hat-trick at Old Trafford and he was given something incredibly rare at Old Trafford. He was given a standing ovation by the Old Trafford faithful, the Manchester United fans. Yeah. And that happened to you when yeah. you played against United for West Ham. Yeah. And you know what? And, and I want to express... Feels- it was... It was a bittersweet moment, you know, because when I was getting out of that stadium, it was like, apart that I was kind of angry that they that they saw me in that moment, a part of that, it was like, like, man, it's an ovation, but I'm still in the opposition, right? Like, I could have be been in the, in, the, in the field with the red shirt, even though I was with, with a, a, one of the a very traditional and greatest uh, teams, like, you know, like West Ham and the fans and the tradition and stuff. I was very lucky to play with them as well. But it was like, it was amazing, grateful, but as well it was like, like, yeah, I miss this kind of, 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 of like, the, like ovation that I had in the past, you know, because I had a few too. When, when I scored, for example, a goal in the last minute against Newcastle, the 4-3 at home and they, and then Sir Alex Ferguson took me and I had another standing ovation and stuff like that. So. Yeah, it was, man, it's Old Trafford. And regardless of that, Old Trafford uh, being very grateful for what I did in those four amazing years in my career. And what I, I, I say that I give it all, like I expressed in the last answer. It was like, yeah, things that I take with myself and experience like that I'm very fortunate to say that it doesn't matter if they're recorded or not. To feel it, you, you need to be there. You need to live it. And I'm very grateful that I push myself, that I pay all the prices to be able to live those experiences, you know? So amazing. I have to say, though, I don't know whether you've listened to any of our podcasts. We have interviewed so many legends of Manchester United. And I am being honest here. One of the most requested ex-players we get is you. No way. Out of all the players that have no played way. for Manchester United. Oh, that's amazing. And you Honestly, have, you have a lot David of Beckham, now. Roy Keane, Chicharito, those are three of the names it. that come up all of the time. So that must make you very proud. Yeah. And, you know, Manchester United yeah. fans just yeah. love you so much. Yeah. Manchester United are always going to be my team. You know, I am very grateful with Real Madrid and I'm very grateful with Sevilla and I'm very grateful with Bayer Leverkusen, very grateful with West Ham, with all of them. It's like, I love them. I'll, yeah, I love them and I still love them. I'm going to be grateful forever. But honestly, and I feel it, look, and even difficult to say, like, you're, you're, you're once a red, you're always a red. So I, I cannot, I cannot, you know, I'm, what I experience, what I live, I can say that I was the only Mexican 
under Sir Alex Ferguson. I scored the last goal under Sir Alex Ferguson. And I'm the only yeah. Mexican who has won so far. It doesn't matter because the records are forbidden. And I hope more Mexican players can beat and can can be in mm-hmm. United. Shall I would love it, right? But it's like the only one who has won a Premier League and then twice and was the 19 and the 20th. I think it's one of the best losses I have in my career, That even though that it hurt. But I think we play against the best Barcelona ever. Ever. In, 20, in 2011 in Wembley. Ever. With one of the two greatest players ever, that is Messi, right? Then, what else can I say? It's like, no, those four years were like... And then, because of that, they helped me to live another opportunity, like playing to Real Madrid and then going to Germany. Like, everything was because of the beginning of my four years in my career. And then I took decisions or not. Then I came back to London. I played to West Ham, lived that experience, living in London. And then, like you said, going back to, to Old Trafford. So, I appreciate it. I say thank you to, if you're listening to me and all the Manchester United fans, because... I'm always going to be a Manchester United fan. For me, it's like I'm, Manchester United is my team, you know? I always said it, and right now I can say it like in countries, like, yeah, I'm a Leverkusen. Uh, yeah, West Ham, I love you with all my heart, but my heart always was a, a red, and it's always going to be. You know, here in USA, it's like, I don't know what's going to happen, but the yellow and the blue is in my heart, and in Mexico, my red, red is always following me, you know, always. Just, just here is a little bit of blue and yellow that I'm loving it. But yeah, always the red, you know, with Chivas and with the national team too is red, you know, and then Manchester United. So, and the way that my family as well had experienced and in the way that that city, that country, and like I told you, all that family treat my family. I'm like, I'm going to be always grateful. Always, always, always. Chicha, I'm sure your granddad and your father will be very, very proud wow. of you. Yeah, I think, yeah, my granddad still, yeah, he's still somewhere there watching. Yeah, but my dad, that is Absolutely. still, my family is like always, my sister, my family is like, my sister, even when she speaks English, she has this small accent still of a Mancunian accent, you know, a little bit that she learned because she stayed there a little bit more <laughs> when I left. And man, you never know. Look, I'm going to throw it because I'm a crazy guy. You never know. I mean... I'm going to end the season here, hopefully with a championship with LA Galaxy, and then I'm off three months, and you never know. There were players being alone, so you never know. I will never, (laughs) you never know, you never know. know. So you want to to leave it like that to make it more entertaining. But yeah, man, thank you very much. I had a lot of... It's been an absolute pleasure. If I can just ask you one more question before we go. I'm sure you made lots of uh, friends. Yeah. Uh, and your teammates at Manchester United, is there anyone that you would request for our podcast, someone that you think Oof. would be good for us to talk to? Oh, my God, but I think you'll interview already all of them. But, I mean, I'll say, I mean, I'll say Berba will be a good one. I think, I think, I, I, you did Berbatov already. No, we did do Berbatov. You did Berbatov, because I think now it's amazing the way that he's expressing more himself in the way. Yeah. Because with us, he was more introvert. And he still, he has that. But now that I'm seeing him more, like, exposed and stuff, it's good to, to know that part of himself, you know, that he yeah. kept a little bit more. I know, I'll say, well, Patricia Braisa is one kind of a crazy guy. I don't think you can interview him so many times. <laughs> but then, I don't know, I mean, anyone, the, you know, the, the twins, Anderson will be good, but I mean, his English is not that great. But you can interview him because it will be fun. Nani, Jason Park, I mean, all my, I don't know, I mean, you did Van Persie already, like. So many. I think that's. Johnny Evans? John, <laughs> I think Johnny Evans will be good too. <laughs> I, think, I think that's, that's, that's quite of the speciality of the history before Sir Alex Ferguson left, that you can mention that everyone 
it's very interesting to interview because Sir Alex Ferguson, in a way, of course, there's most credit of like legends like like Wayne Rooney, Ryan Giggs, uh, David Beckham, uh, I don't know, Paul Scholes yeah. and stuff like that. You know, Nicky Bauer and stuff like that. You can give them that credit, but I think what Sir Alex Ferguson did with all of us is like give us that importance that we, like you can interview anyone and anyone could tell you stories, interesting stories, share you the love and the passion for the club, for the team and the values of, of, of those 26 years that Sir Alex Ferguson create and did with, with a little bit of the, of the hangover of Sir Matt Bosby too, that he teach a little, sure. was a little bit of the skull, but it was like, it's always amazing that you can interview anyone and you can still feel the Manchester United like school in us, I think, you know, so you can interview anyone. It's going to be so interesting to, to share stories and, and our past and our life over there. Perfect answer. Thank you so Thank much. You guys. We will let you Take go. Care. It's been an absolute pleasure to speak Have a to good you. night. We really appreciate it. Thank you. I appreciate it a lot. I hope you got your breath back. There he was, Javier Hernandez, an absolutely incredible talker. We didn't have to do a lot there, did we? I think we asked him about four questions, wasn't it? And he just <laughs> waffled on for about an hour and a half. Absolutely brilliant. He um, was so good. Also, good. it's really cool to have someone who's still playing the game who is such a strong advocate for mental health. Because I think of people course. we've spoken to, I mean, we probably all think of Mickey Thomas straight away. Players who've talked about how when they were playing, they maybe there were things they suffered with and then as they've retired, they've then been able to talk about it and think about it. And, and, you know, we all wonder about what's happening with athletes now. But to have people in the game happily talking about it, especially someone as so high profile as him, I think is awesome. Especially because I was saying before we started, he's always a happy guy, always got a smile on his face. And mm -hmm. it just shows you, doesn't it? That was yeah. one of the first things he talked about. Yeah. It you was, just never know what goes on behind No, exactly. Girls. His message was really, yeah. really clear and yeah. really well put. Yeah. Um, one of the stories I love the most is how he got scouted for United. Wow, and when fantastic. he had the conversation with the scout and his dad was there as well and there was an interpreter. Mm -hmm. And then he was like, no, 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 I'm going to try and speak English here. Like, I thought that was yeah. so incredible. Yeah. He was so desperate for everything to go right mm. that he was wanting to answer in English. Yeah. Like, that says so much about him. Do you know what? Uh, one thing I really loved, and I think you potentially the nationality and the culture you've grown up in is is maybe different but that he's so desperate for people to break his records he doesn't want to be the only mexican ever to play for manchester united he doesn't want to be mexico's leading goal scorer he wants people to to come through and to achieve what he's achieved and go on to do more and i think that's so cool mm -hmm. that he like he's almost desperate for like people from where he's from to just do so well. And I think that's great. Yeah, of course. Absolutely. Being the first Mexican must be such a proud moment, but you yeah. want, you don't want others last. to go on yeah. and play for the club. Well, I, the reason I say it, like it's really cool that he's like this because I'm sure there are lots of sports people who, who have records, especially footballers like, I don't know, club top, not, I don't think Wayne really told us he's not like it, but players that are club top goal scorers or, you know, in, whether that's in Europe or in the league or whatever, and they desperately don't want to see their records fall because obviously they're proud of their records. But it's, it's just great to hear someone like, come on, we want new blood, we want new people to come forward and, and do more. Maisie, what's your opinion on that as an ex-professional player? No, I, I listen, records are there to be broken. And if you've set the record and you've set the benchmark for, mm -hmm. for you know, the only Mexican to play for Manchester United, it'd be a great, 
attribute for Mexico that there is another player playing for Manchester United, this great club. Mm-hmm. I do disagree with Sam a little bit because I think I don't want any other club in the country to do the treble. Oh, no. I was actually yeah. going to say <laughs> that, didn't Great you? point. Very and that, different. And that's a little bit selfish. But, <laughs> but I think it was no. more about individual, yeah. individuals yeah. achieving in the team yeah, game yeah. rather than, yeah, yeah, I'm totally with you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Nobody wants that, Maisie, don't worry. No. Nobody. <laughs> Even you didn't want uh, Rooney to do it. No, I don't, I don't want to do it. Yeah. No. no. I love that. Should we do something, Maz? Let's do it. First one is, my name is Stephen Ward from Cookstown. I felt the overwhelming urge to get in touch regarding the podcast. Firstly, thank you to the wonderful content, interview style and many hours of content from players past and present. Working in retail throughout lockdown, needing time away from reality, the podcast has delivered just that. The stories shared are so much more than football mental health addictions and life struggles which the ordinary person can relate to from these icons and superstars we love and adore very apt when we've just been talking about that too yeah. uh, also the fine margins to making it in the game or life in general and to never give up very well put uh, I've supported United since 1993 my first proper memory was Steve Bruce's headers against Sheffield Wednesday uh, and I have two boys myself and seeing how enthusiastic they are for this club fills me with pride. Uh, I think you each bring something different to the podcast. I actually shared a few beers. There's a shock with David May back in 2013. Did he? When him and Lee Sharp did a Q&A in Cookstown. Oh, yeah. We drank, sang songs, ate pizza. Oh, yeah. Into the small hours. Uh, I'm just going to put it out there. I never, don't know this about you. What's your favourite pizza topping? I'm going to say pepperoni. All day. Bit of spicy that's, beef That's as how well. you know we're friends. Bit of a bit of hot peppers. Um, being a keen golfer myself, David was begging his driver to sort alternatives the next morning so we could play around at my local club. Does, oh, his driver. I thought he meant like a driver. Like a driver driver. <laughs> like a car driver. No, he, a, a golf mean, driver. A club driver. Yeah, I thought it was a club driver. He means like an actual... <laughs> Being a keen golfer myself, David was begging his driver to sort alternatives the next morning so we could play around at my local club. I do have videos from that night and a sing-song, but I'll not share to save the embarrassment. Ugh, Stephen, you should have. Helen, I also need to thank Johnny for the wonderful career he had at United. He made me very rich with his great goal-scoring form for over 12 months in 2012-2013. I must have been the only person to have him as first scorer against Wolves to get the ball rolling. Probably were, yes. few recommendations for the pod. (laughs) Kieran Richardson, Paul McGrath... Rude Van Nisselroy, tech. Done. Um, and Keno, of course. Thanks, Stephen. Oh, he does have a picture with Roy Keane. Um, he asked him for a selfie once and he said, yes, scariest experience I've ever had. Oh, yeah, that looks very scary. Also sent a picture of a phenomenal shirt collection. Yeah. Excellent. And that's his two boys. Well Thank done. you very much. Great email. That's awesome. Thank you, Stephen. Um, got one here from Ian Horton. Says, hi, guys. Just listened to the Lee Sharp podcast and feel like it was a really good episode and shows the difficulties of working under Sir Alex and also why he changed his style and perhaps Lee being a reason why he needed to change. I like the mental health matters he talked about. It's a shame it was the week after Mental Health Awareness Week, but never too late for a positive message. Dave, please text Lee and thank him for his honesty. Maisie, that's you, that is. Get on with that. Brilliant, uh, thanks. I'd like to hear some of the coaching staff past and present on the pod and how they get the best out of the team by training and motivating. I'd really like to hear from Albert Morgan as the kit man always has the best stories. Albert's is out, so you can listen to it, Ian. Thanks very much. Um, And that's us done for this week, isn't it? Wonderful. Yeah, so thank you very much for listening. You can get in touch, as always. It's unitedpodcast.manunited.co.uk. The address is in the show notes wherever you are listening. Obviously, if you listen in the United app, you can watch these as well. If you are listening in the app, you don't need me to tell you that. Um, And we will see you on the next one. Take care. See you later. Bye. 